When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets world. Hello, class. Open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, Season 6, Episode 7, Chapter Titled. Everybody loves Stuart. Stuart Minkus? Stuart Little. I thought this was going to be a Minkus episode. I wish. Um, hi, Tanya. Oh, I'm Alden. I'm... <laughs> I'm Alden. I'm Tanya. I'm the boy. I'm the girl. And I don't remember how to podcast. This happens like All once a month. Yeah. Us podcasting? No. <laughs> you forgetting how. Um, hi. How have you been? Me? Yeah. I've been busy. Yeah. How have you been? Uh, I don't know. Not as busy at all. Yeah. Bored almost. Wow. I don't know what that's like. I yeah. honestly cannot remember the last time I was bored. I would love to be bored for like 10 minutes. It would be wonderful. <laughs> okay. That's well, all I want. Just I just want to be bored for a few minutes. Okay. Well, maybe once you stop growing everything in the world, you'll have some time to be bored. I don't think so. I feel like I have so many things to do all of the time. Well, it's partially because you feel the, like, need to have something to do. Whereas, like... You don't? Yeah, no. <laughs> like, I don't have anything pressing. It doesn't feel like I have anything to do. Yeah, I I always have something to do. Um, Have you ever been hit on by a teacher? <laughs> no. No? No. Because when I actually finally went to school, mm -hmm. my teachers were uh, geriatric mm -hmm. um, and very much, uh, I stayed away from them no matter what. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that wasn't even a thing. Mm. Were you ever hit on by a teacher? Because now I'm very, very concerned. You're concerned? Yeah, because they're like, if you had been hit on by a teacher, there are like two I could name that I would think would have done it. Name them. No. <laughs> um, no, I never got hit on by a teacher. I'm sure it happens so often in regular schools and in college. I mean, I know that it happens so often in mm -hmm. regular schools and in college, but yeah, not in our little school. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was just trying to think of a thing to ask. Mm. You ever been in a courtroom? Yeah. Wait, yeah, I guess that's kind of a normal thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Have you ever punched a teacher? No. No. I'm surprised. I've never even... Uh... No, I never punched a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of issues in school, um, but I never punched a teacher. I got in lots of fights... Uh, like not fight fights, but like arguments and like heated arguments. So you punched your teachers with your words. Actually, that's very apt. Like, yes, I absolutely in my time have made teachers cry. Okay. Okay. I've made teachers cry too. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't, I'm not proud of it at all. Like, I've said it before, but like I'm I'm really good with words, right? Unless I'm trying to do a podcast. Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm that's what I learned how to fight with, 
when I was a yeah. teenager. I learned how to fight with my words, and I was really good with them. And it took me some time to realize how I did not want to use them. Mm-hmm. I think you still struggle with it sometimes. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one, right? No. Uh, no, it wasn't. Um, yeah, no, I definitely still struggle with it. But not in the same way. I don't, I don't intentionally say things to hurt people anymore, right. ever. Um, I might say things that hurt people, but it's never, ever, ever intentional. Mm -hmm. I can't remember the last time I said something intentionally to hurt somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. With great power comes great responsibility. I don't feel like that's power. I mean... It's not. You're giving yourself too much credit here. You know that's from Spider-Man? And I was just using a thing from Spider-Man? I'm just saying... I didn't write that. You know who wrote that? (laughs) Stan Lee. Stan Lee wrote that. Stan Lee, Stan the Man. Uh huh. Hello, true believers. Excelsior. Okay, so what this week has been the most exciting part of your week? Uh, CM Punk is back. I, Nobody I cares. really needed you to say that. Nobody yes, cares. somebody does care. C- Mike absolutely cares. So this is for you, Mike. Uh, CM Punk was my favorite wrestler um, for a long time, and he left. And good for him. Like, he was miserable, and he was injured, and he hated WWE. Um, As we all do. At this point, yes. And he just, he showed up at AEW and and has joined AEW, which is already amazing. I love AEW. And now CM Punk has joined them. And there's a rumor that Daniel Bryan is probably joining oh them, too. Oh, my God. Are you serious? And there's a rumor. So... Daniel Bryan is almost pretty much confirmed. Um, not quite the way CM Punk was, but like he's like mm-hmm. 75% people are sure that he's there. Um, but then earlier this week, a reporter came out and said, after Punk and Bryan, there is one more major acquisition on the table for AEW. Who do you hope that it is? Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah. Bray Wyatt. And after that, I want them to be done hiring people because they officially don't have time for any of their people anymore. Right, which means they're going to fall into the same issues that WWE was having only without Vince McMahon's horribleness. Right. This has been my wrestling corner. Uh, I expect more of these in the future (laughs) because I've decided that I need to rekindle my love of AEW. For sure. But not WWE. That's never happening again. Nope. And it's really sad because there are so many people that are still with WWE that I love hey, so that list so much. That list is getting shorter though. Yeah, but like Becky Lynch is still with WWE. Sort of. Sort of. I mean, she's not really doing anything right mm-hmm. now. Um, New Day. New Day. Xavier Woods, yeah. Kofi Kingston, Biggie. Yeah. New Day was the next one I was gonna say because like when you said someone big is going on, I'm like, oh my gosh. If it's Xavier Woods, I'd be so happy. No, they're never leave. They are. I mean, they're, they're they are WWE, right? Um, and then um, I can't think of any more names, but I mean, there a are... lot of the people that I truly love from wrestling are still in WWE, and watching some really good ones go over to AEW has been wonderful. Mm-hmm. But like. I would like to be able to watch the people that I love without supporting the people that I hate. <laughs> sure. I agree. Um, because there was a long time where I did, I, I not, I, I paid attention to it 
and bought merch because mm-hmm. I wanted to support people. I wanted to support New Day and Alexa Bliss and the Oscar and mm-hmm. Bray Wyatt when he was still with the company. Um, but that I just got to the point where I couldn't do that anymore after so many Saudi shows that were um, uh, a concern, after mm-hmm. the way they treated a lot of the people that work for them, after the way that they would have people come in and and suddenly be more important than everyone else just because Goldberg used to wrestle. Also, uh blatant racism. Yeah. Um like the 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 actual like ethical issues of the company are are so much further than just like a um well they treated these people bad and this was an issue with these shows like the social issues and the justice issues that have been an issue for the entirety of WWE have only gotten worse. They have not gotten better. They have made people the face of their company in order to make it look like they got better, Mm -hmm. but they didn't. In fact, it made it worse because you're watching these people and they're not being treated with the respect that they deserve when they're literally carrying the company on their shoulders. Yeah, I think... New day. I think the the last straw for me was a couple years ago when uh, they had Hulk Hogan... Um, what was it? Not announce, but like... Oh, he hosted. He hosted WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as soon as... I mean, that was it. That was the last straw. There were, there were a lot of times before that that should have been the last straw. But that was officially like... He, this is a hugely racist asshole and you're trotting him out there and acting like everything's cool right anyway anyway you asked about cm punk and i delivered well i figure normally we talk about like what i've been watching this week and stuff and i didn't really so i figured i would throw it over to you i watched black panther today that's the first time i've seen it really did you love it i did love it i love black panther it's one of the only marvel movies that i love black panther Ant-Man 1 and the Spider-Man movies. I like a bunch of them, but it it still is. Like, even watching Black Panther today, I'm like, all right, I get it. Superhero stuff, I get it. Which is crazy because I grew up in love with superhero stuff. And I still do, like the comics and stuff. But at some point, the movies were like, okay, this is two hours of lots of stuff blowing up. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, Black Panther had a lot more than that. Yeah, Black Panther is, like, aesthetically so different than the rest of them, and I did not grow up loving superheroes. I never really cared about them unless I felt, like, a kinship with a character. So, like, growing up, I loved the Batman movies. Mm. Like, the campy, super intense, bright color Batman movies. Like, because I loved Poison Ivy. Mm -hmm. Um, And I felt, like, a kinship with Poison Ivy. So, like, I thought I loved Batman. Mm -hmm. But I really only liked Poison Ivy. And it made me read comics. It made me read all kinds of Batman comics because I was looking for her in it. And I never got into them. Like, so... For me, it is all about aesthetics, and it's why I love Invincible, because I think Invincible does something super different than anything else, Mm -hmm. and Black Panther also was that for me. Like, Black Panther, like, visually is so different than any of the other Marvel movies, and I never read any of the comics, but I love that movie. Mm. Anyway. Anyway. 
What else have you been watching? I haven't. Yeah. I literally have not. I've been reading, but I haven't watched really anything. I did start this. You can cut all this out if you want. I started this cozy mystery series that is different from any other cozy mystery series, and it is so good. And I read the first one, and it was amazing. And now I'm reading the second one. It is also amazing and funny. And I don't remember what they're called. Oh, God. Uh, now I'm going to have to cut this. Yeah, but I mean, nobody's reading out there reading Cozy Mysteries. They don't care. But you could turn somebody on to Cozy Mysteries. I doubt it. It's, I don't know. Like, people will be like, oh, you read. What kind of books do you like? Can you recommend some for me? I've given away so many of my favorite Cozy Mystery series just trying to get someone, anyone to like understand and read them. And one, I never get them back. But also, two, they never get read, ever. Well, but that doesn't count as them not liking it. If they didn't read them, then it doesn't count. Yeah, I just but think I also, it's a very, like, niche thing. It is. I think you would have more success with bringing people over to it if you if you stop calling them cozy mysteries. But that's what they are. I, I know that's what they are called, but you don't have to say it. Yeah, but what do you call them, then? These books. I like these books about... Uh, murder and baking. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, you know what else we did this week? What did we do? We watched Boy Meets World. Oh. Season 6, Episode 7, Chapter Titled... I didn't write it down! Everybody loves Stuart. Good job. Thanks. You like how he flipped the script on that one? I like how you started flipping the script and you were like... Oh, what the fuck is going on? Like, <laughs> you, you started that, and I was like, this is fun. And then halfway through, you bailed, like, panicked. I gave it the good whole Harvard try. No, you didn't. <laughs> I didn't even know I was going to do it. It just, it just started happening, and halfway through, I was like, what is going on? Who did this? Anyway, um... Can you please blurb me up, or is that going to be confusing, too? <laughs> no, I can definitely blurb you up. The blurb for this episode is Topanga's professor makes a pass at her. Spoiler. Spoiler, but I do think this is one of those situations where, as a trigger warning, yep. it was good. Yes. Because um, if you know it's coming, you're able to kind of brace for it instead of be. I think our neighbors are doing fireworks, and I hope it's not coming through on the microphone, but it very well might be. Um, as a trigger warning, um, and and I or I, content warning, yeah, yeah, it just kind of break get it gives you time to brace for what's going to happen, which I thought was good because yeah. I was able to watch the episode differently. If if that had happened, I would have been confused. Or not confused. I would have been shocked and so taken aback that I wouldn't have been able to take notes and pay attention. But because I knew that that was coming, I was able to kind of follow along. Kind of in the same vein. I knew it was coming and I still had to stop taking notes and just watch because I could not take notes um, and also pay attention to what was happening on screen. So I have about 10 minutes of notes. This episode was directed by... Who? William Russ. Hmm. Alan. Alan Matthews. See how it goes, because last time we didn't like his episode. Right. Who was it written by? It was written by Matthew Nelson, Maddie Nels. Um, he gave it the old Harvard try. Uh, and let's see how it played out. All right. Tanya? Yes? 
classroom or not? We're in the classroom. We should have had some like bells and whistles going for this Holy one. Holy shit. If the neighbors had set off fireworks after we said that, it would have been fantastic. It would have been so wonderful. you know wonderful. what? Fucking, it's crickets out there right now. <laughs> there is nothing outside. A few minutes ago, we were talking about cozy mysteries or whatever they should or should not be called. And the neighbors were just like, yeah, <laughs> cozy mysteries. Anyway, uh, holy shit. Classroom. Tanya, what happens? Why? Um, Topanga is standing at her seat and she's kind of giving um, a speech based on her paper that she wrote um, in this class. And it's kind of about like feminism and how she's taking control of, you know, her life. And it's really good. Um, And she goes to sit down and the professor is just like, wow, you know, Topanga, that was really good. Hey, everyone, future president Topanga. Um, And the professor is? Fred Savage. Ooh, Ben Savage's older brother, Fred Savage. Which, it's one of those things where I know that they're brothers. Mm -hmm. I never feel like they ever really looked alike Mm -hmm. until they're together. I was going to say, this is the first time I ever thought that they, maybe not, I mean, they looked similar. um, But they sounded exactly the same. Yeah. In fact, it's really strange to me that... Ben Savage's voice is more mature yeah. than Fred Savage's voice. Yeah. This entire episode, all I kept thinking was it sounded like the Princess Bride okay. the whole time, which is crazy because he was like 10 in Princess Bride and he's like, what, 30 yeah. in this episode? And he sounded exactly the same. But anyway, he says President Topanga, future president, whatever. And Corey is like, that. you know what that makes me? That makes me the first lady. That's right. I'm in tune with my sexuality. And, and then, then he looks over at his neighbor and is just like, hello. And I... Like, and does like a weird, like, paw wave. So this is where <laughs> all of you guys tell us on Monday... That this was a reference to something that we just don't know about because yeah. I genuinely am I'm at a loss. I had no idea what this was. It had to have been like a call out to something. Yeah, it was so out of place that it had to be something. Right. Because if it wasn't, how did that come out of someone's brain and end up on a piece of paper? Right. Um, anyway, so um, Stuart, as he is known, not Fred Savage, as I was about to say. Well, because he, he says Sean, and Sean goes Stuart, mm-hmm. and that's when we find out that's his name, and um, and Stuart is like, nice haircut, and Sean's like, thanks, it was $8, and Stuart's just like, it looks like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he asks Sean how he feels about what Topanga said, and, and Sean says, hey, if I've learned anything, it's that you, that I, I always agree with Topanga, because if you don't agree with Topanga, she'll kick your butt. And she, like, winks at him. Uh, and then he turns to Corey and says, what about you, lover boy? Do you agree with her? Well, and, and Sean also says, like, it's about free will. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, really understood what Topanga was talking about, as he would. I think Topanga is one of those people that 
you know, Sean and Corey and Angela have been around enough that if she really wants to, like, change things with the world, she can kind of filter her thoughts through them and then they can filter them through other people because they understand what she's saying in a way that they might not understand coming from other people. Mm -hmm. And she's so impassioned about it that she can kind of, like, spread that passion. Right. Um, Because Sean absolutely understood what she was talking about and Stuart goes, oh, that, that haircut's working out good for you. Yeah. And Corey basically says he agrees too. You know, he thinks that there has to be some sort of free will and and your decisions can affect your life. And and he's completely in control. Right. And Stuart is like, oh, that that's not true. What if, uh, you know, Corey gets out of bed and Corey, Corey gets hit by a bus today? And Corey's like, no, 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 it wouldn't happen because I know the bus schedules. I always use the crosswalk. And if I've got a wife as hot as Topanga, I won't be leaving the house. You know what I'm saying? And And Stuart's just like, well, you still get hit by a bus. And Sean goes, bye, buddy. And Corey goes, it drove right through my house. (laughs) And Angela goes, yeah, it did. Um, So then Angela goes on to talk about the fact that, like, it's fate. Like, everyone has, like, a predestined time that's their time to go, and they can't control that with their own actions. Like, they can try, but because it's predestination, it's still going to happen somehow. And the class ends. Everybody starts to leave. Stuart Um, tells them that all their papers are bad. Yeah. But everyone's sitting around on the floor like he's the cool teacher. So everyone's just kind of like chilling out. Well, and that's when they start all talking about it. Sean is just like, I just love him so much. And Corey and and Sean go back and forth about how much they love Stuart and how he treats them like a friend and an equal. And Sean actually says, you know, like Feeney's great, but he treats us like a like a mentor. Uh, Stuart just treats us like a friend. Um, then we go to Chucky's. I wrote that too. Did you really? Yes, I wrote Chucky's. Uh, Stuart's playing pool with all his new buddies that are all in college. All of his students. Mm-hmm. His student buddies. His student buddies. Um, so he's, he's playing pool with them. Everybody's like gathered around him because he's the cool teacher. And they, he says he's going to go get coffees for everybody and they like ask for this and that and the other and, and he finally goes, well, I only have two hands, so Topanga, you want to come with me? Yeah, he's very good at playing it, very innocent, like very nonchalant um, and Topanga goes to help him and as they're standing there, like he's ordering the coffees and she's getting things together and they're just making small talk and he's just like, Oh, you know, so how's dorm life? Blah, blah, blah. blah. And she tells him basically where her dorm is. And he talks to her about how he wants to go over her paper with her um, because it was really, really good, but it lacked in the ending and he really thinks it could have been stronger. And um, so they have like this exchange and when he he makes it very clear over the course of that conversation how impressed he is with her and her challenging authority and her standing up for her beliefs he should be impressed with her she got into an ivy league school and then decided not to go to be with Corey. it's true like she's very very intelligent but as they start walking away carrying their coffees in walks mr feeney and the dean um, they walk up to the counter and they kind of discuss like who's going to pay. Well, Feeney wants to pay for himself. And she is like, you're not used to 
uh, people offering you things, are you, George? And he orders like a skim, no whip, extra vanilla frappuccino and um, she goes to order it and uh, he's like, um, can I have a biscotti too? And she's like, do I look like I'm rich, Feeney? And it cuts to Eric now staring down Stuart and he goes, I don't like him. And um, Corey's just like, you don't even know him. He's great. Like he is, he is one of us. Like he's a friend. Um, and Eric's like, you know, I, I just, I know people like right there. I'm looking right there and I like that. And he's, I'd like to go, I'd like to come home to that every day. And he's looking at a girl, basically looking at her butt as she is hanging up a picture or something. I don't know what she was doing. And Jack is just like, you literally do go home to her every day. That's Rachel. And Eric is just like unfazed by this and it's just like yeah well you know whatever Feeney with the dean having coffee woo and I think it was Jack I don't know if it was Jack or Corey but somebody says you really need to cut it was Sean was it yeah Sean is like you really need to cut the cord with this whole Feeney thing like get to know other people and other ways of teaching and um Eric is like you know what Oh, he says this before he does the whole, like, Feeney thing. He's like, Stuart can never be Feeney. He couldn't even clap Feeney's erasers. But during this, so he's replying to Sean now, and he says, look, he, he, Stuart's just not a good person. Like, he's not good people. Uh, trust me. Like, I know people. I've lived amongst them. I got a fifth sense about this. Uh, and Jack is just like, I uh, mean, a sixth sense? And Eric goes... No, dude, that smell. You got to be lucky to get that. <laughs> and I agree so hard. Alden can't smell anything. I have no sense of smell. The other day, he made spaghetti sauce out of all of the excess tomatoes that we have. Well, not all of them. There's still thousands. But he made tomato sauce. And I got home and I was like, did you put fresh basil in it from the garden? And he was like, I don't know what basil looks like. First of all, yes, he does. He has purchased basil from the grocery store. I still don't know what it looks like. It's just a green leaf. If and it doesn't then, say basil on it in the garden like it does, it doesn't, it's not packaged and sitting in our garden. And then I was like, oh, you know what it smells like. And he was like, no, I don't. Basil is like the strongest smelling thing in the world. When I make pesto, you can smell it through the whole house and he can't smell it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh, but you know people. I do know people. I'm Eric in this episode. You are. Um, it is my fifth sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, but Eric is just like, look, uh, Stuart is bad news. Trust me. Well, he says Stanley. The Stanley guy is oh, yeah, bad news. And Jack is just like, it's Stuart. Like, Jack in this episode is the equivalent to Eric... In the episode where he's standing in the background where Corey and his parents are like fighting. Was that the marriage episode? Mm-hmm. When you watch Jack's face during this whole exchange, it is phenomenal. And not just this exchange. We'll get to the, we'll get later. But um, yeah, Jack was, was so good as the straight man to Eric this episode. Yeah. I will also say. Yes. That after the joke about having the sixth sense and the fifth sense and all of that. 
we had to pause it because we needed to write down that joke because it was so funny. Mm -hmm. And when we paused it, Mm -hmm. up in the corner of the screen, Mm Stuart is helping Topanga play pool and he's like leaned over her. It's just like in the corner of the screen. You see them like super close to each other. Mm-hmm. Now, right now at the end of this scene, we're panning out. They are not super close to each other in this part. They're kind of further apart. And I wonder how many people actually saw how close they were. I mean, we would not have. Yeah, but we're because- notoriously... um we notoriously miss details because we're writing notes. That's true. When I decided, nah, no notes now, it got a lot better. <laughs> we'll see how the podcast goes, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm not uh, there yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we we cut to the girls' dorm, uh, Topanga and, and Angela's room. And... and this is where we find out that Chucky's is actually the student union. No, it's Chucky's. Um, there's a knock at the door, the open door. Right. And Stuart walks in, like he just shows up in their dorm and is like, hey, you know, I, I was in the neighborhood. I, I happened to have your paper in my hand. Uh-huh. And I, I thought I would, you know, I would go over this with you, uh, like we talked about. Angela, I don't I don't have your paper with me, but we could talk about it if you want. And Angela's like, no, thank you. And Topanga goes, okay, well, you can go ahead and go to the what is it student union chuckies and i'll meet you down there um and angela is like leave the door open and topanga is just like jokes around she's obviously not uncomfortable like she has put her trust mm-hmm. in a teacher right um and considering her only experience with having teachers is mr turner and mr feeney she's never had any other teachers before in her life mm-hmm. It makes sense why she feels like she can trust anyone that's a teacher. So Angela leaves. Angela leaves. Stuart sits down and starts talking to Topanga about her paper and, and like... And personal things. He's asking about her mom. He's asking, yeah. like, where they were. And that's the first... I mean, it's not the first alarm, but in this scene, this is, like, the first red flag. Now, I will say, he starts out sitting in the desk chair. Right, he does. Sitting in the desk, going over her paper, and starts um, discussing, like, you know, this is you. This could have been so much more specific, and you could have said a lot more with it. And Topanga is like, "Well, I, I was doing what the assignment, blah blah blah." And he's like, "Oh, I know what the assignment was. I assigned it." He's an ass. And then he goes to, over yeah. to the bed and sits next to Topanga. Yeah, on the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just like, okay, for instance, like, oh, I wish I had written this down. Um, and at this point I was taking notes. I just didn't get all of this, but he talks about the fact that like there, there are, um, while she's right, there are gray areas. What Mm -hmm. makes it a gray area and what makes it crossing the line? And so he gives a scenario and he said that the scenario is that, I'm a teacher and I'm sitting next to you and we're in your dorm room. So he's acknowledging that being in a student's dorm room is not okay. So he says, but we're talking about your paper. Well, he says, I find you attractive. Right. But we're talking about your paper. Is this crossing the line? And she's like, no. Which was weird. Well, I think if it if she's still thinking of it as a hypothetical yeah. scenario... 
then it's not that weird. And also, it, if it's as as a girl, sometimes you get taken aback by things mm-hmm. and you feel like because so often you're told that you're blowing things out of proportion that you need to backpedal and realize that like it's not as big of a deal as my brain is making it out to be. Right. Um, it's one of the biggest downfalls like of our intuition as a whole is that we've been conditioned, strongly conditioned to second guess our intuition because we make such a big deal about things just all of the time. Um, but then he says, okay, let's do another one. And he says, I'm your teacher and I'm sitting in your dorm room. I find you very attractive and we are not talking about your paper. Am I crossing a line? And she says, yes, I, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable. Well, and he like reaches over and like tucks her hair behind her ear, tells her he wants to like get to know her outside of well, class. Th- he hops up and he, he immediately like plays it off. Mm-hmm. Like he goes, see, that's what gray area means. Mm-hmm. Now we figured out a gray area. Like, so he immediately, like, tries to make her feel dumb mm-hmm. for what he said. Mm-hmm. And then he asks about her mom some more and then sits down next to her again and is like, seriously, and, like, puts his hand on he her He grabs leg? her hand. Oh, okay. Like, in his hand, he tucks her hair behind her ear and he says... Like, I find you very attractive and I want to get to know you outside of class. And he basically said, like, you can't stop me. Right. Um, And she said, you have to leave. Like, you're making me so uncomfortable. You have to leave. And as she says that, Corey walks in and Corey is just like, if I wasn't such a trusting guy, I'd be concerned right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, Topanga is not okay. Yeah. And as she should, like, she shouldn't be okay. Right. So he leaves and he acts like, oh, you know, see you in class. We'll go over your paper more. And he walks out and Corey's like, what's going on? Are you okay? And Topanga goes, I did not like him being here. I was, that was not okay or something. Like, it was just very uncomfortable. She, I think she only says, like, I did not like him being here. Yeah. But she looks so shell-shocked and she does such a good, like, she does such a good job of showing that like shell shockedness that happens when you are completely overwhelmed and taken aback by something. Right. Um, so now we go back to Chucky's, the student union mm-hmm. and uh, they're uh, Jack, Eric and Rachel and, and who else is there? Uh, Jack, Eric, Rachel, Sean, Angela, Angela, and Topanga. Yeah, everyone. The only there. person not there was Corey. Right. Uh, and they're talking about their soap opera name. You take your middle name and then you add the street you grew up on. Um, and and while they're doing that, I mean, it's just like the most like normal interaction. Um, Corey calls out Stuart. He walks. He he. Goes up to Stuart and says, I need to talk to you outside. So they go outside. And uh, Stuart says, you know, we, uh, I'm sorry about your paper, but it was pedestrian. Corey's like, I'm not here to talk about my paper. Um, so Corey confronts him about Topanga. 
um, and things get very heated. We only hear a little piece of it. Well, Corey says, uh, "You, I don't know why you, you did that. You, Topanga thought you were hitting on her? And Stuart goes, yeah, what if I was? And then he tells Corey he's never going to stop. Like, he's just like, yeah, I'm going to. Like, I'm going to hit on her. I'm going to take her out. Like, yeah, there's really like, nothing you can do about yeah, he's it. he's like, what, are you, what can you do about it? And then it cuts back inside where they're still having the the soap opera conversation, which mm-hmm. is funny because well, Eric says, damn it, I wish I wrote this down. Eric says, uh, my name is Jonathan Beauregard or something like that. Beaumont. Mm-hmm. And they go, Eric, Jonathan isn't your middle name. Your middle name is like Randall. And he's like, Tony Randall, the odd couple. <laughs> And they're like, what? Do you even understand the rules? And he was like, what? Who is Tony Randall? Like, it's Jeopardy. And they're like, Topanga, what, what's your soap opera name? And she's like, I don't, I don't want to play. Like, she's not okay still. Right. And they're like, come on. And she goes, no, I, I have a weird middle name. And Jack says, your first name is Topanga. What's your, what's your middle name? Shimbooby? <laughs> <laughs> Um, at this point, as Jack is saying this, Stuart goes flying through the door. So mm-hmm. Corey's punched him through the door. Mm-hmm. And Stuart stands up and everyone's like, Corey? And, and he's like standing there kind of shell-shocked that he just did that. And uh, Stuart stands up and goes, congratulations, you just got yourself kicked out of college. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And now we cut to the boys' dorm. Yeah, where they're basically, like, all just, like, sitting around and very seriously talking about what happened. And and Sean is, like... Amy and Alan run in. Well, first, Sean says, like, I don't understand why you did that. Normally, when you spiral out of control, Mm. it's funny. But this was not funny. Like, you punched a teacher, and it was not funny. Um, And Corey was just like, what was I supposed to do? There wasn't anything I could do. And that's when Amy and Alan run in. They're like, no matter what you did, we're standing behind you. And he's like, I punched a teacher. And they're like, you idiot. Yeah. And Alan says, I thought you just punched a student. Um, And Corey says, uh, he hit on Topanga. Mm -hmm. And they immediately, like, they believe him. Mm -hmm. So he says that and they are just like shocked. Um, then Eric walks in the door. Eric runs in and goes, I saw it. I saw the whole thing. That teacher punched my brother. And Corey goes, I punched him. He says, a young Corey Matthews. And Corey says, I punched him. And Eric goes, I know. I saw it. It was awesome. That dude went sailing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was just so funny. Um, and, uh, they, they go back and forth for a second and then Feeney walks in. And he's very shell-shocked himself. He's, like, pacing back and forth, and he's just like, and the dean thinks that I'm being too protective. Well, I don't care what you think, Missy. And he's, like, out yelling in the hallway, and he's just like, there's a hearing about what happened. Like, this is very serious, but I'm going to be there. Corey could get kicked out of college. But he absolutely shows his support. Right. Now we go back to Chucky's. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, you're not going to read your notes? I don't have notes, but I do know what happens because we see Stuart sitting at a table. He's like grading papers or whatever. And then um, Eric, Rachel, and Jack 
like come in the door, but I guess they're shocked by the fact that the teacher is sitting at the table because they stop and there's like a crowd of people behind them that are trying to get through and they can't get through. Um, and Eric's like, all right. I don't think they were shocked because as they're like tiptoeing in, Jack is going, I don't like this. Why, 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 why do I have, why are you my friend? Why don't I have better friends? Yeah. Um, so I felt like they kind of walked in here at Eric's request. I feel, I felt like that came after they stopped. Like they stopped, they saw him, or they saw him, they stopped, and then they kind of crept over to the side. Other people came in, and mm. and that's when Eric's like, "All right, here's what we're gonna do. I need you guys to follow along." And Jack's like, "Why do we have to do this? Like, I don't like this. Why can't I have better friends?" And Eric goes, "See that teacher? That's the teacher that hit Corey. <laughs> so like, that's he's the still, teacher that hit a young Corey Matthews. He's still holding up his alibi or whatever. Um, and he's like, so what I need you to do is I need you to go over there and flaunt yourself. And Jack immediately, because I assumed he was talking to Rachel. Yeah. Jack immediately goes, I, I'm not doing that, Eric. And he goes, okay, Rachel, what I need you to do. Oh, because <laughs> he's talking to, um, oh, no, no. So he says to Rachel... She you have notes. <laughs> <laughs> he and Rachel are talking about it. She doesn't want to do it. And Eric says, listen, this is about family, though. Like, this is for my family. And I, I promise you, if there was something that was happening with your family, you know I would stand up and help you. And she's like, okay, fine, I'll do it. And she goes and walks over to Stuart, sits down with him. She's being all flirty. Um, you can't hear what she's saying. You see them kind of like their heads are very close together. And like Stuart's like whispering something in her ear. And then she gets up. She's in a rage. And she's like, what? Am I too tall for you? Is it the fiery red hair? You will not reject me, sir. I will reject you. And so she walks away. And Eric goes, all right, Jack. It's like family. And Jack is like, I'm not flirting with a guy for you. Um, and Eric is defeated. Yeah. Oh, okay. Eric is defeated. I wrote this down, but then I didn't write the name, so I couldn't figure out who started this. Topanga walks over now. Mm-hmm. Topanga walks over, sits with Stuart, mm-hmm. and is like, look, I don't understand why you did what you did, uh, but you need to make this go away so Corey does not get in trouble, and I won't go to the dean. And he goes, um, why? You came on to me. This gaslighting son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he was gaslighting her before. Right. But I don't think, like, as kids, we knew what gaslighting was. And this interaction right here was, like, such a great example. Like, it should be shown in school so that people know what it is. Because yeah. it was perfect. Yeah. So, she's like dumbfounded and he gets up and walks away and says i'll see you at see you at the hearing and then we cut to what i guess is a courtroom inside of the school (laughs) i think it's more like a boardroom like where they have like different like board meetings only if the board meetings are watched by people no everyone's standing around no they had chairs set up at the table but behind them it was they were standing are you sure yes you were watching. I'll, I'll, yeah, I I'll, stopped taking notes. I was watching. I'll defer to you. But 
the dean is immediately like, Let, let's get this over with. Let's get it moving. Uh, we don't need to act like this is some courtroom TV drama. And then immediately Eric like walks in carrying a briefcase. In an oversized suit. And what's the song that's playing? Oh, it's People's Court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's super like over the top about everything. Yeah. And the dean is just like, oh, my God. And Mr. Feeney tries to, like, neutralize the situation. You can tell the dean is like, oh, my gosh, George, like, these are your people. Can you please get them under control? Right. And then what happens? Um. Well, the hearing starts. Uh-huh. And, and you hear from Stuart. Like, she asks Stuart what happened. And he lies. He's like, you know, I this is what happened. I was at the student union. And... Um, Corey pulled me aside. He started threatening me. He started telling me that like I hit on Topanga and he wouldn't listen to me. And then he punched me and that's what happened. And then Mr. Feeney's like, what, what were you doing in a girl's dorm room though? Right. Which nothing was, had been said about that yet. Right. So you could tell it was one of those things where Mr. Feeney was like, wait, you didn't mention the most important thing. I'm going to pull this out. And, and put it in front of everybody. And Stuart is just like, I mean, I was around and I wanted to talk to her about her paper. We had discussed that. Um, you know, part of the reason that, that students and I gel so much is because I treat them like an equal. Maybe, maybe you just don't understand that because you don't treat your students like an equal, George. Yeah. And he says, you know, in fact, like, Sean, didn't you say the, the other day that I was like the best teacher you had ever had? And Sean was like, I, yeah, I did. And he was like, and why is that? And he's like, because you treat us like adults and not like we're your kids. And he's like, see, that's, I'm a good teacher. That's that. Case closed. Yeah. And Feeney gets, I mean, he gets irate. Like he is like, you should know better than to, to be in a, in a girl's dorm room. And, and he's like, hey, she she invited me in. She told me where her dorm is. I was nearby. She asked me to sit down with her. Uh, she actually sent her friend Angela away. And he's like, didn't didn't you send Angela away? And she goes, well, yeah, but and he goes, yeah, no more questions. So the dean is listening to all the sides. Topanga does stand up for herself. She says, like, what you did was wrong. Mm-hmm. I trusted you. You betrayed that trust. Like, this is not how it should have gone. Like, you actually did hit on me. It actually was inappropriate. Um, those are the facts. And and so the dean is listening to all of this. And, um, you know, Corey does speak up. He talks about the fact that, like, this teacher hit on his fiance, threatened to continue to do it, basically threatened to stalk her. Um And that he had no choice but to do this. Like, there wasn't anything else he could have done. And so she she thinks it over and she's like, look, it's in the code of conduct that basically I'm required to either suspend or expel any student that lays hands on an educator. For any reason at all. Any reason at all. Um, which should not be in the code of conduct because there are plenty of reasons why an educator would need to be hit. Like this. But uh, Feeney starts to say, like he stands up and starts to talk back to her. And she is like, George, sit down. I'm not done. So she goes on to say that 
you know, they're adults. They don't need someone to protect them. That's what she's basically saying to Feeney. Right. Um, and then she goes on to say, all right, in this case, you are suspended for Four. one day. And Stuart goes crazy. He's mm-hmm. like, he hit a teacher, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, yeah, um, I don't know what you think you are, but that is a teacher and points to Mr. Feeney. And she's like, I don't know what you are. But I'm going to find out. Dun, dun, dun. Yep. Um, that was it, right? Well, we see um, our four main kids. Mm-hmm. Standing around each other, um, the hearing, you know, it's fine. He's on academic probation or whatever for the rest of the term. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're like, I guess, I guess we're adults now. Like, when did this happen? And Angelo's like, I think it's today. And then I think Sean says, you guys want to go get some ice cream or something? And then they kind of giggle. And then that's the end. And no post credit scene. That's because they were handling something serious. Yeah. Um, so, though, how mm-hmm. did you feel about this episode, Tanya? I genuinely, genuinely adored this episode. Yeah? Yeah. Like, I loved it. It, it was not without its flaws, but one, Corey was a normal neurotic. <laughs> Like, right. he was, like, a a person who seemed like they were working on the issues that they had been having recently. He wasn't just flying off the handle about things. Like, he genuinely thought things through, um, which was something... It was very pleasing to me that he is being portrayed in this episode as someone who has this kind of, like... He knows that he can fly off the handle and he's kind of tweaking it. Um, Yeah, he punches a teacher, but the teacher should have been punched, if not worse. Like, if Corey hadn't done what he did, it would have been a million times worse. And Topanga and other girls would have been the victims. Mm -hmm. Like... Corey, who we have hated on for episode after episode after episode, saved these girls. It wasn't just Topanga. It would have been other people. He saved them from traumatic situations, which was really, it was very redemptive to me because Corey's been so hard to handle recently. Yeah. Um, And maybe I'm giving him too much credit right now because he was only defending Topanga, but Again, there would have been other girls down the line if he hadn't done something now. Yeah, so. it, would have, it would have been very easy for him to just say, oh, no, we need to be more careful. I'll be around whenever he's around and not actually confront mm-hmm. him. Because confronting someone in a position of power over you mm-hmm. is a lot. Right. Um, Jack, Eric, and Rachel were delightful. Like, just so delightful. Like... Eric was the Eric that we have loved and loved and loved in the past. He was back again. He was so good. Amy and Alan, their little blips, fantastic. Like, they're, the part when Amy is talking to Eric and Corey and, like, the faces she's making are just phenomenal. Like, the 
the whole episode was done very well. It was heartbreaking. Like, I know that as a general rule, people in general, no matter what their gender is, have threatening things in their life. But girls, from the time they're born, pretty much, I th- it's just a constant thing where girls are sexualized from a very, very young age. Mm-hmm. And it's a very difficult thing to come to terms with because of like kind of the generation that we grew up in was the one that sort of eased into a true understanding of what was really going on. Right. Um, Where we decided, no, we're not going to blame women for how they're treated by men. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to blame, you know, LGBTQ people for how they are treated by other people. And we are not going to blame the black community for how they are treated by other people. So... Mm -hmm. But we were there before. Right. We were told that it was our fault. We were told that we were doing something wrong if something happened to us. And none of it was taken very seriously because it was happening to all of us. Mm -hmm. So it was um, a difficult episode to watch, but it was also done so well. Like, I was just so happy with it. Mm. How'd you feel about this episode? Uh, I thought it was amazing. I loved this episode so much. Uh, and it's funny because we we talked on the Facebook group last week, and I think it was Channing who kind of mentioned that at this point, you kind of just have to accept that Corey sucks. Mm-hmm. To enjoy the show, you have to accept Corey sucks and not think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. And he was right. And I realized that at that point, like, for me to continue enjoying doing this podcast... I was going to have to go into our podcast and watching these episodes and not dissect how much Corey sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just going to have to go, you know what? Yep, Corey sucks. Mm-hmm. And then immediately, right out of the gate, we're hit with an episode where Corey is awesome. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, this is the Corey that we know and love. Right. And not awesome in a way that transcends what normal characters do. It's awesome in a way where he's a relatable character right. dealing with relatable things and thinking it through, and yeah, he acted on a whim when he punched his teacher, but he had to. And communicating. Like, he wasn't even like, um, in, in many episodes, what he would have done in this scenario is they would have say, said, why did you do that? And he would say, I don't know why I did that. That's so true. But he explained exactly, immediately, he hit on Topanga. Mm-hmm. Like, get it all out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Corey was fantastic in this episode. Um, but literally everyone was fantastic in this episode. Mm-hmm. Eric was so funny. And Jack being the straight man there, like so upset that he is drawn to Eric was also so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel was great. Um, and yes, like it was so realistic in mm-hmm. my opinion. Now, granted, I'm not a woman. Mm-hmm. I've I've never dealt with this at this level. Mm-hmm. Um and and but I've seen it, you know? I've seen it plenty. Mm-hmm. And it's 
it was so true to how these manipulators work. And and I think you're right. This was the beginning of, of an era where finally, I don't think we were realizing that this was what was happening. I think we were finally letting ourselves talk about the fact that this is happening. Um, well, and to that point, this wasn't... This wasn't a graphic depiction of what could happen to a girl. This was a very casual situation, at least casual in the way that this could happen to so many girls and no one would say anything because they hadn't been hurt. I would venture a guess that this has happened. This specific scenario, not not teacher, Mm -hmm. but person of power. Mm -hmm. This scenario has happened to 80% 80% of women. One yes, yes. If not more than that and I'm and I'm downplaying it. I do not know anyone yeah who has not been in this situation. Right. With a person of power. Right. And and I think that's that's what was so good about it is is you're right. Like they didn't it wasn't this egregious offense. It was a real It wasn't real, a visibly egregious well, offense. But I mean it wasn't of um I don't know how to say it. It wasn't um, a violent or mm-hmm. or mm, um, harassing kind of. It, I mean, it, it was harassing. It, it was, but it was the start of that, right? You know and what it I mean? was showing. It was showing so many girls and really so many guys what harassment truly is. Well, how these these little situations, what we deemed as like small situations, had right. a big impact. Right. And that's what I'm trying to say is like, it's this, it's the start of what could be an even worse situation. Oh, yeah. And probably, probably has been an awful situation for many women before Topanga, Mm -hmm. who didn't say no, I don't like this. Right. Because they felt scared, uncomfortable and didn't know what to do. Right. Um, So it, it was such a good lesson to be taught mm-hmm. of of something to look out for mm-hmm. um don't i mean you don't have to wait until it gets to this crazy point it it starts very slowly and builds immediately i mean it and then it builds into something that's um a situation that you don't want to be in right um i don't know does that make sense uh, mostly i mean the she was in a situation she didn't want to be in. Right, right. Like, like, I'm not saying she wasn't. Right. But I'm, I'm saying, like, so this is showing people that what we deemed as small mm-hmm. back then, like, that was small. It happened to all of us. Right. Youth pastors, pastors, like, teachers, anyone who was an adult, like, going on missions trips. Like, there were so many situations like this that happened multiple times to almost Every girl that I know mm-hmm. and the girl was treated like they had daddy issues because right. they always had this attention from guys and attention from older guys and like, oh, but it's because they're so pretty. But it happened to every single one. So it was deemed not that big of a deal. This wasn't a traumatic experience for any of the people that were going through it because we were all going through it. Right. And showing how this little thing is actually super bad right. was phenomenal. I, th- I think that's what I'm trying to say, and I'm having a hard time articulating it, partially because I'm not a woman, and I don't, I don't, um, I, I want to 
I want to word things correctly, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but it's it really was about recognizing right. the signs, recognizing the abuse, recognizing all of this. And it isn't only women that go through this. There are plenty of trans people who go through where they're like, you know, someone is paying attention to me. And then that person turns on them because they didn't recognize the signs and, and they didn't have a group around them rallying behind them to make sure that this didn't happen. And I think, you know, I I wish and the same thing, like there are so many instances where if people had paid attention to what their friends were going through, like so Topanga is in the dorm room and Corey comes in and he says, you know, whatever. And the teacher leaves and Topanga immediately speaks up and says, that was bad. Mm-hmm. I was uncomfortable. Like everyone on earth needs to be able to speak those words. Right. And everyone needs to have a group that rallies around them the way they rallied around Topanga. Right. Like it was so key in changing the whole culture of this college. Yeah. Through one situation that teacher would probably, I mean, we figure he was fired. Right. Like they don't deal with him anymore. So I don't know. It was to me, one of the most impactful episodes of this series. Yeah, no, it's this it, and it's, we we've gone from I mean William Russ directed an episode that I believe I called my least favorite episode of the series. I think it was your second least episode. Maybe. I think you had a least episode after the William Russ one, but it was absolutely my least favorite. Right. Um, and then this episode is one of my favorite episodes of Boy Meets World. Mm-hmm. It was it was so good. They they handled something very serious. You learn, um, um, or at least it gives you something to think about. Uh, but it also had so many like funny sitcom moments mm-hmm. that were were interspersed there, and they were so perfectly placed to. They weren't inappropriate to mm-hmm. the the story. Yeah. Um, I mean, there were a couple jokes in there that were less than tasteful, but right. Um, overall, like the episode was was so good. Right. Anyway, I'm not going to say I love the part where Eric is like telling Rachel to go and like flirt with the teacher, but I've reconciled that with myself and the fact that like people do that on purpose all the time in order to catch a predator. Right. And like the guys were standing right there and watching her. I think her response, while funny, was very degrading to her. Yes. Her character. And I don't want to like not speak to that because. It was very degrading to Rachel, mm-hmm. um, and it should not have been written that way. But whatever, like, like I said, it wasn't without flaws, but it was a phenomenal episode. Right. Anyway, that's how I feel about this episode. Me too. Uh huh. Um. Wow, we had a lot to say. Yeah, because it was a really good one. Yeah, isn't that interesting how that works? It's so refreshing. Um. Anything else you want to say? I don't think so don't gaslight people and uh, and believe believe people who say they've been hurt believe people when they say that they are not comfortable yeah because discomfort can seem like a small thing and Mm -hmm. it is not discomfort is there to um give us an alarm Mm -hmm. 
Like your discomfort is based on your intuition. Don't second guess your intuition. Like we have both, Alda and I have both had people in our lives that we had intuition about and we were like, no, we're just guarded because we've been through shit. And then it turned out that those people really took a chunk out of our life. Like, so trust your intuition. It's there for a reason. That's what I want to say. Well, then after that. Um, you can follow us. <laughs> on Facebook, you can find our Facebook group by going up in the search bar and typing Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World and then answering a couple questions about our podcast and then joining. Yep. Uh, on Twitter. At BMG and BMW. And you can email us. At bmgmbmw at gmail.com. Uh, we really appreciate all of you. It's it's really great to have these conversations with you guys every week. Um, uh, being able to ha- talk about these things on our Facebook group. Being able to, to have people tell us, oh, I disagree with you, is great. Like it, I love everyone's perspectives yeah. on things. Yeah, everybody has a different perspective on things, and that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, just be cool. Be nice. Be yeah. friendly. Um, that's going to do it for us, though. Mm-hmm. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, Season 6, Episode 7. Do good. Class dismissed. Class dismissed.